welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davidson, and I am joined by my good buddy, Ethan Hoffman. Now, Ethan, how are the Heat doing, bud? Are we enjoying everything that's going on with the Heat right now? Uh, they just play with my emotions, Richard. I don't know how to take any of this. They lose to the stinky Pistons and Suns. Whoa, whoa! I know, I know, those are different levels of stink, but you know, Pistons it's just, are ahead of you in the standings. Easy, oh, bud. The Heat stink too. I don't know. What tied you, don't... for currently at the moment of this recording, tied for sixth in the East. Yeah, you're welcome for that because we spanked because the Heat spanked the Knicks the other or the Nets the other night. And they almost beat the Rockets, you know, took them all the way to the end. And they beat the Warriors, which, you know, is, is a classic, classic thing. And we're going to win this game against the Warriors, make a run for the eighth seed and fall a half game and fall a game short. It's yep. a tradition unlike any other. Yep. Yep. You'll be the uh, the Pistons of of, uh, of this year. No, we'll uh, be that, the Heat of two years ago. Exactly. It, it's, it's phenomenal, honestly. Um yeah, I mean, I'm. I mean, I know that you're a little bit frustrated because it's. I remember the game, like the. Did you guys play the Warriors a few weeks ago, and then you end up losing like uh, last second or whatever, right yeah. at the end. We and got, I remember, we remember being the, when being on the, Kevin what? Durant double dribbled, and it was a oh, yeah. brutal, brutal miss call. Oh yeah, and yeah, it was just a really frustrating loss. If we lost that game, we don't win this one just because they wouldn't let us beat them twice. But like, it's it's still like it's one of those like. Ugh, we could have beat them in Golden State. That would have been horrible. Right. I mean, and you were, but you were so frustrated at that moment because you you really wanted the win. And then I think at that moment you like, like, all right, it's honestly better. We 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 should just go into tank mode, and then not too much longer. Then now you're winning games against them, and you're beating, you know, you're beating teams like the Nets who are in the playoffs, and and you're making this uh, weird, like you know, half-hearted push um, while keeping Kelly Olynyk's minutes. At a proper twenty-one minutes per game, uh, it's really, really fun. Uh, but what, we're in the tax if we make the playoffs. So like, I, I, I'm confused by everything that this team's doing. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 a real, real interesting situation. The Pistons are in great in a great spot. We'll talk about them another time. Just know yeah. that I'm happy, Ethan. I'm very happy. I'm glad um, you're happy that we spent five minutes talking about teams that aren't on the docket today. No, they're not on the docket today. Not today. Um, I mean. You, you wouldn't know it because Tobias Harris and uh, you know, Boban are, are going to be talked about a little bit later on in the pod. The Sixers are on the docket today. But we're starting out in Houston with the Houston Rockets. They're, they are currently the fifth seed in the West uh, as, as of this recording. They are 37 and 25. Ethan, this is a team that is in a really, I don't know, it's an interesting situation as well. Just they recently, uh, you know, within the past year or so, came under new ownership. And new ownership was, um, you know, with saying the right things and, and uh, you know, talking, saying all, basically saying all the right things. And you thought, no, it's going to be fine. This transition will be smooth. But Ethan... Not so smooth. Yeah, they've they've spent their money kind of, you know, with a third and fourth eye on it. They uh, they don't like – they seem to be ducking as much expenses as they can, you know, looking at Trevor Reza, who's a very important part of their team last year, just letting him walk away, trying to replace him with fellows like James Ennis, who, you know, I thought was going to do better than he did, but didn't think he'd – you know, I thought he might be the 80% of Trevor Reza, not the, you know, 25%. Yeah, that's generous, by the way. 
Ah, uh, okay. Um, anyway, so this team is just, they're in a weird spot. You know, a lot of money going out to a player that, you know, we're all scared it's going to fall off the face of the earth. James Harden is, you know, one of the single greatest just team carriers in the in the league right now in terms of what, what kind of production he's putting up. You know, 58 points against the Heat the other night. It's just, it's a really interesting team where they're set based on the contracts they have on the books and the lack of flexibility because of those contracts. Yeah, I mean... And because of what they've done, like they're a team that's operating right near the tax just because they've got three players that they're paying big money to. And if, but it, because of the financial constrictions that uh, Tomo Fertitta has put on this franchise, you cannot operate. They're, they're not operating like a tax team should operate. If you're going to be in the tax, you're going to be in the tax. So don't try to skimp it down to where you are still a tax team, but you aren't actually like the problem with this is that now they have no real way to bring in legitimate players. They don't, they being where they are, you only have a few options. You have the biannual exception, which will be coming available to them as of this upcoming year. And you have, you know, taxpayer mid-level and that's it. That's all you can really offer people. Other, other, otherwise you're, Hoping with internal development, and so I mean, and with internal development, let's talk about their core. I mean, no one. They really have no one up and coming. <laughs> they have James Harden, who is in the in the middle of his prime. Phenomenal. It's great. Uh, you pay him a lot of lot of money, but he's one of the people who is worth every penny of his contract. Uh, Chris Paul, not quite earning every penny of his contract, but you know, he is uh, the person that they went in. You know, jumped into the deep end with, uh, um, you know, not too long ago. So, you know, Chris Paul, he is what he is uh, at this point. I have my complaints, but um, Clint Capella, you just gave him a long-term contract, as you should have. Uh, a not a a bad deal. And then you got PJ Tucker. Like that's really their core. I mean, yeah. you have Eric Gordon, but you know, they see what the season Eric Gordon's had. Yeah. And yeah, such a, such a weird season for him. Shooting the ball very poorly, it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, this guy's a sixth man of the year winner. Yeah, he's, you know, you know, we were talking about this earlier in the year. When we were talking about him and Jimmy Butler, and how I was like, I would definitely engage in those talks because, like, by you know, by precedent, like what he done in the past, I'm like, yeah, he would fit really nicely with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he would be. But he also, like, I was worried that he would, you know, if he brought in Jimmy Butler, he would be taking too much usage where Eric Gordon is much better, you know, off-the-ball player than than Butler, typically speaking. But he's just not had it this year. And it's weird to see his free throw percentage stay, like, right the same, but his three-point percentage is just nowhere to be seen, 32% on the year. And yeah. it's, it's a far cry from when he shot 45% um, in 2015. Yeah, and, I mean, beyond those guys – that roster is in is, is abomination a, a bit too strong. I mean, it's just I, bad. I, I think it's fair. I mean, Isaiah I mean, Hartenstein, Terrence Jones out from the from the pit of despair, Kenny Fareed on the buyout market. Which Kenny Fareed, like he's been playing well, but like what? No, he, he's, he's not in your long term. He's not someone who's in your you know long term uh, sites here. Like Austin Rivers. Be. Austin Rivers, good pickup, but he's not here next year. He's not. 
Um, I mean, this is this is the issue that that they have is they have no way to really get much better than this unless they're getting guys on the buyout market for really cheap and just hoping the right guy wants to come to their team. That's that's the problem with with the way that they've have structured themselves. They have said we're going to be trying to get off of as much money as possible instead of recognizing that hey these these bad salaries this these, this Brandon Knight salary that I have this um I guess you know which was it became the Brandon Knight salary instead of actually using using that to bring in you know legitimate players. And we've talked about the, the Heat and how they could have made some deals with the Heat because you have a lot of people who salaries that could are have worked. actual players, but are actual players and could actually contribute. But that would require you still wanting to spend the money. Yeah, they don't I want mean, to. I specifically, yeah, like I, I worked on a bunch of different deals, including you know a, a Dion Waiters, including a Kelly Olynyk. Like and Rodney Magruder as the piece that you could bring in and then sign him to a really like low value deal with his bird rights, but like you ended up with a Mon Shumpert who expires, which is really nice if you're trying to avoid spending more money. And the, that, that's but, what it is. You're trying the, to, but even with the annual raises that all these players get, it you're, it's not going to work out for you because your money only reduced by a million in terms of guaranteed money on the books for next year, like. And and you have Yikes. to and like yes so next year I, do we want to let's get into their con their, their money situation um, real quick here uh, yeah this is a squad that you're on like they have 120 121.5 uh, you know going to you know, of, of contracts allotted this year next year 120.5 but. They only have let's see one two three four five six seven people on the roster, so you got to fill that with eight more spots. That's not or, a team, Richard. Or, not let's be team. honest. Let's be honest. They're only going to fill it with seven more spots because then that's one less player that they have to pay. Yep. Man, Daryl Morey, I, I just—it's really unfortunate that that you know you got strapped with this owner. Um, and let, let's go to um, briefly. Let, let's go to the uh, bad contracts. Um, I have Chris Paul there because it's going to be it's going to become bad. It's probably probably fair. Probably already <laughs> a little bit bad. Um, because yeah, uh, just, and then if you just look at the way that they have to structure his minutes this year yeah. to keep him playing. Like he's only probably he's only probably played ten good games this year. You know, the Warriors win being one of them. Like he's probably only played ten good and healthy look like Chris Paul games this year. And you're paying, you know, thirty-five million dollars for what we're hoping to be twenty-five games plus playoffs. Like, eh, looking looking a little fishy already. And I just, just can't imagine he gets much healthier for the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean, it the the, I mean, he's it's probably going to be lucky if he is able to hit the number of games that he hit last year. And that was a like if you look at the trends of like of his statistics. It's it's a pretty you know decisive. Hey, we're trending down in in most everything. Um, uh, although some of that stuff you got to kind of look at with like the per one hundred possessions because he might just be getting less minutes, so that stuff goes down. But I mean, with the exception of uh, assists, like all of his uh, all of his numbers are declining. Like his points per hundred possessions going you know dropping down from what they were uh, basically the past eight seasons. 
Um, you begin looking at his uh, his rebounds have gone down. Although that's not super in- incredible for him, but like you begin to look at all of these things, his percentages, um, which don't matter so much. But like free throw free throws that he makes, they're all all of them are going down. Um, even when we're taking minutes out of the picture. And so not only is he getting less time, but he's also being less efficient in, in those minutes. And I don't know. I just, I begin to wonder. And uh, yeah. The, the big worry is his offensive rating on a team that like is a good offensive team is dropping a lot. And his yep. defensive rating is going the opposite way. It's getting worse as well. Yep. Like that's, that's the biggest problem I see is he's not, even where he's always been undersized, he always made up for it with a lot of craft and a lot of, you know, e- illegal, but, you know, not called tricks of the trade um, and got away with it. And both offense and defense are going down. And that's where you have to be really concerned. You know what numbers are going up? Turnovers, what? turnovers and personal fouls. <laughs> no, well, so per 100 possessions. Well, so he's getting called for more of his illegal tricks of the trade. Yep, yep. It's just, it's just scary for Chris Paul and, and the Rockets as a team, knowing that they could be, you know, they could do a pretty good face plan here in a bit. Here's another stat: like offensive win shares, he was a seven point five last year. He's a three this year. Two point seven yeah, defensive win shares, a two a one point two this year. Like, yeah, but but win win shares is a thing you kind of got to look at at the end of the season, um, because a lot of it has to do with with. Um, you know, the entire scope of the season, looking at it uh, now. Play. Yeah. How much you play is also a, a big factor. And so you can't have win shares if you don't play. And, and, you know, right now he's only played like what? 30, 30 high thirties games, um, 39, 37, 39, 39 games. So it's going to be lower naturally, but I would venture to guess that by the time the end of the this, this season closes, it's going to be less. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just a really, even it, adjusted it, per minute, so there's a, a, a adjustment line minute? here for okay. per 48 minutes. Okay. It's it's went down a lot as well. Okay. It was at 0.265 and it's at 0.157. Okay. So like it's it's went down a lot, pretty much at the same rate. So like yeah, I hear you, but per minute he's he's doing bad too. Cool. Yeah. Point is, we are already seeing the decline, and my man has three more years. Uh, where he's going to be taking a grand total of 124 million dollars in about you know about 40 million. It's not great. Um, it's not a great situation, and unfortunately, we're just a few three pointers away uh, from from actually having the the gamble pay off. But now, it's not looking great. You know the the one interesting stat like I haven't probably I haven't dove this deep into his stats yet this year, but. The one, the one place that he's shooting super, super well from the field is um, 16 feet to three-point range, where he's shooting 55.6%, but he's taking 5% of his shots from there. So maybe he needs to reverse his Mori ball, and that's where only Chris Paul can shoot. Yep. Because he's doing it well. So Chris Paul, um, one bad contract. I'll mention Tilma Fertitta as the other, uh, just because you're kind of stuck with him for forever. And if he's not willing to pay the big bucks, then you know. Yeah, you will be limited. You'll be limited. Uh, draft picks. So uh, they have incoming. Let's talk about incoming draft picks. They have a fake Memphis 2020 second rounder. Won't will not convey unless Memphis is a top five team, which they won't be. Um, so unfortunate. They have a Philadelphia 
2021 second round pick that they have the pick swap rights to if they want to, um, if Philadelphia happens to be a worse team than them. But chances are they'll be, it be, won't be anything too drastic. Both anticipate to be near the end of the uh, second round for those picks. So outgoing their first round pick this year, going to Cleveland and their second round pick this year, going to uh, one of a few teams. that's really convoluted, but they don't have it. That, that's the point. And uh, a couple of second rounders, 2020 and 2022 are also gone. So, uh, this is not a great uh, draft pick situation. Um, no way, especially this year, to bring in any young talent that you could have at low low rates. Nope. Really unfortunate. Nope. And here's Don't the thing. This 2019 first round pick, this, this is the one that they just traded right like just this year so that they could to move, move off money. of the Brandon. To, yeah. Move off of the Brandon Knight contracts that they can get off of money earlier, right? Yep. Oh my goodness! No, this is the biggest indictment of that trade, Richard. It's not that Brandon Knight was going to do anything for you. He he really wasn't. But the simple fact that you traded a guy who's making fourteen million dollars over another year—if you could have moved him for probably two players, both making five million dollars, something like that. Or you know, go to the Heat with a Kelly Olynyk and Rodney Magruder. Like you could have, you could have found more value on players that are on cost-controlled contracts that could actually contribute to your team. But you elected to go with the one that got money off your books, and that was the mistake I saw. And you gave up a draft to do it. So you, I think you compounded on your mistake because you're worried about money, and that's where the that's where the big mistake lies when you have a guy who can literally carry your team to the playoffs and probably deep in the playoffs but can't beat you the best matchup without any help. Yeah. And we're blaming 0% of this on Daryl Morey. Not, not one, not one bit because uh, Daryl Morey has his constraints and you could, you could see them happening here. I mean, take the Ryan Anderson contract that was literally traded for a Tyler Johnson. Um, I mean, Tyler Johnson is probably, he's not the position they probably would have gone after, but he's, someone who can be an effective player and you see that happening over in Phoenix you know he's, he's putting yeah. up so he's putting up some numbers and that's essentially they took the Ryan Anderson contract they moved it uh for um uh, for, for for the Brandon Knight contract and then they moved the Brandon Knight contract to get um off that money so in yeah. it's just really unfortunate yeah they traded Ryan Anderson for less money coming in between Chris and yeah and- Night and they traded Chris and Knight for I, I'm not sure if it was less money coming in, but they traded for money that expires. So. Yep, it's it's a fine move if you have like ten other players like on the roster next year, like where you already yeah. have players that are locked in. But you, you're you're reducing money just to add, you're going to have to add more money because that's what the collective bargaining agreement says. You yeah, have get, to have, you can't have seven players on the roster next year, Tillman. Take a look at that. It's not allowed. So it's just. Short-sighted is the way I would phrase it. I think, as I've said, you know, in in several types of deep, several types of ways. Yep. Um, so let's go ahead and get to the my GM mode. Honestly, we should just make this the my owner mode because really that's what needs to change here, uh, not the GM. Because I mean, if you go in, you got your own. I mean, okay, so fine. Let, let's say that we have these um, tax constraints. Um, I just I just don't know what to do here with with this. I mean. 
number one, that's number one thing in my in, in my GMO just to get an owner who doesn't want to serve the luxury tax during the prime of their star players' careers. Like that's the number one thing you do. But if you can't do that, Ethan, if you're limited in this way, what can you do? I don't know, Richard. I it's just the hardest thing about this entire scenario is you had to field offers for the guys who are on contracts, mm-hmm. which of which you definitely don't want to get rid of Capella. You definitely don't want to get rid of Harden. You, you know, would like to get rid you're of not allowed to get rid of Chris Paul. That's true. Like like that's the thing. It's like if I could, if there was any team out there, it was like, yo, LeBron, it's time for a banana boat reunion. Chris yeah. Paul. Like and, and then you just really try to, you know, make it make it him look really enticing. Like honestly, that's the move. Yep. But I think you you have at least one trade in here if you're my GM mode. We're gonna kind of piggyback. I'm gonna just kind of make up ideas off of yours. So sure. go ahead and Go ahead, knock out your trade idea. So, I mean, yeah, here's the thing, right? We, they've got to make – if they're going to make a trade, they got to do it off of someone who they got under contract. I don't want P.J. Tucker because P.J. Tucker has proven to be valuable. However, in his 33-year-old season, I mean, he's got a couple more seasons left. You wonder how um, effective he'll continue to be. But as of right now, I right, let's go ahead and move the guy who has begun to decline already in Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon making more money than him, so you have more, I don't know, more more options available to you. You could try to move him for a couple of players just because you just give get some more diversity there. You could move him for a couple of players, perhaps um, making, you know, six or eight million dollars. And but better than that, like I don't know how I don't know what where that trade comes from. I have found one where the money uh, tends to work out. Uh, it does require you getting off of maybe a, a future draft pick, whether that's a first, whether that's a protected first, or, and it turns into a couple of seconds. You don't have many seconds left. So, I mean, it's it's you're in a tough spot, but maybe it it's moving Eric Gordon and maybe a 2021st for TJ Warren. You you open up, reopen up the channels you have with Phoenix, who before they get a new competent general manager, uh, they'll probably get one before before this trade is even allowed to go through. But uh, basically, once the draft night ends, you can make this trade because you can't make it until that takes place because we're past the trade deadline um, and you couldn't trade them during the draft because you already don't have this year's draft pick. But once the draft picks are made, you can make this trade. Um, Eric Gordon swapping him and his positional... not like, He's not... Because he's a backup guard... You already have James Harden. You already have Chris Paul. It's you should be okay with finding someone who can you know catch and shoot threes and always be paired with one of your other starters. He's a he's a luxury when he's playing well. He's yes. right now looking really bad because of how poorly and unprecedentedly poorly he's shooting three. Yeah, and like you can't really play him with your top two guards. Um, He's a nice person to come and replace those guys when when you take them off the bench. Obviously, you're going to have some minutes where they all overlap. But having a guy like TJ Warren, who is at a position of much scarcity for you right now, and having him being able to come in, and he's had a phenomenal season this year, being able to shoot the ball at the clip that he has this year, and I'm willing to not say small sample size because he's been shooting a lot of threes this year at at over over 40%, I believe. and um now you have now you can play him for as many minutes as you possibly can with James Harden and Chris Paul. Um 
I think doing something like this, if you were to attach a, an asset like a first round pick, uh, Eric Gordon, his contract will expire. And so it's just another thing that uh, you know Phoenix probably ends up buying out, but you could trade him back as you know, you could trade him as well at the deadline. Um, look for a partner. Maybe Eric Gordon plays a little bit better. I don't know. Uh, but in doing this, you just kind of spread out the, 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 the money into the roster a little bit better. And, you know, TJ Warren, young guy, he's got some more years on his contract at a reasonable deal. In my opinion. Yeah. I, if, I mean, if you're looking to not spend tons of money, but have some better players and, and have some younger players, this might be a good move if the Phoenix Suns are down to do it for a 2020 first round pick. Yeah, I would I would think it's a perfectly fair trade. It's not ideal because, again, you're giving up that draft asset, which you're talking about, you know, having T.J. Warren on cost-controlled contracts. Though that late draft pick's a good one, too. Yeah. But it's, it's a year from now. It's a year from now. But then you would not have um, any draft pick this year, and you would not have any draft pick next year. So – that's two years without any draft picks coming in. Yeah, I almost think you'd have Tough. to take on another player. Like, I don't know who this Ray Spalding guy is. I'm not going to act like I do. But, like, you're gonna, you are gonna you need that cheap contract. And he's right, right now on the books for four years of this less than a million dollars right now. So, like, you know what? You just have to give me him because I need a roster spot. That I can't I mean, You could do that. Or you could just say, you know what? I'm just going to get minimums who are going to be approximately the same. And there are certain things – uh, depending on, like, here, here was something interesting, right? The Pistons, I've got to mention the Pistons here. The Pistons this offseason, we waived Eric Moreland. Eric Moreland was, like, basically making the minimum. It's like, whoa, why would we do that? What, what are they planning on doing? But then he went and got Zaza for the minimum. But because Zaza's a veteran and the Players Association was um, uh, recognizing that if we if we don't do something, then... Uh, the veterans are going to get you know pushed out of the league for younger guys who aren't as yeah. good. This allowed the Pistons to actually have him count for less than the minimum against the cap. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to have to do some of those moves. And the the problem is, like, you want to be bringing in Zazas uh, and people at that stage of their career because that's also not helpful. Yeah. And, like, just in terms of dollars, like, this – like, there's like – there's, like there's, there are no contracts – that are available for trade for teams that are going to want to make those moves. I think, I think you, you identified the one because everyone else is either direct competitor with Houston and not looking to make them better or is they would have the the Rockets taking on more money and that's not going to work because like you could look at something like, okay, maybe we can get one of these young guards off the Clippers or Jerome Robinson or Landry Shamet. Maybe we can get Montrezl Harrell, but then that's going to be more draft capital yeah. And like I don't know how you can convince a team to do that. Like yeah. maybe you could maybe you could look to get like a Thundarius Thornwell or a Tyrone Wallace off them next year because those guys don't really play and they're not part of the rotation. But again, like why are but, they but, looking to give you players that are yeah are are going useful? to be younger, especially considering the season that Eric Gordon's been coming off of? I yeah. mean, he'd have to show you something, uh, and maybe he does. Maybe maybe he turns it on in the playoffs and all as well, but. I don't know. It's rough. Yeah. I don't believe it. Let's move on. Yeah. I'm done. (laughs) We're done. We're done with Houston. We're done with Houston. Let's go to a more interesting team. The Philadelphia 76ers. They, man, they are really interesting. Um, Just roster construction, everything. Uh, Sixers are 40 and 20 
three, I believe. Uh, they are fourth in the East, uh, trying pretty close, and I think eventually we'll get to third in the East because they're, what are they, a game and a half out of Indiana? They're right there with they're, Indiana they're right there. last night. Yeah, and Indiana. They're, like, they're a half game behind. Yeah, okay, so now now a half game behind. Indiana um, was, man, they 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 were, for whatever reason, winning a bunch of games, um, but they've lost a couple more recently. Um, and uh, I just think that the Sixers will overtake them. But they're right up there. They're in that um, 1A, 1B you know, tier of the Eastern Conference. Uh, they have what I would consider, and here's how I'm going to call it. They're not, I, I mean, you can't necessarily call – could you say that this team has the best starting five? What I would say is that they have the um, worst – sorry, they have the best fifth player. They have the they have the best fifth starter on on their squad, which would be what JJ Redick. JJ Redick. So, so got, you're saying that JJ Redick's better than Malcolm Brown? I, I'm saying I'm saying his his ceiling. Um, yeah, I mean you could you could say something of that nature. Point point is this is a team that has a whole lot of talent in the starting unit. We begin to have a lot of drop offs once we get to the second unit um, in in certain spots. But if when the playoffs come around, depth doesn't matter a whole lot, Ethan. So uh, this is a team to look out for, obviously, in the playoffs. It'll be interesting uh, once they actually uh, get there. Let's talk about the core, because uh, this is actually an interesting conversation uh, to me, Ethan. Number one, like. Joel Embiid. Hmm. Obviously, I, th- I think he's, if for nothing else, he has the longest contract because uh, he had the rookie extension, like he's part of their core. He's part of their long term. Like the 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 city loves him, the the fans love him, uh, the team would love him as well. Um, he's he's part of their core, Ethan. I would I would assume. Would you would you disagree? Well, I don't disagree. I think Joel, who has life sports in beat, is a very important player. But I see the I see that commercial and I'm like, well, I think he's distancing distancing himself from the process, and thus we can't trust him to be part of the core anymore. So he's I'm, there for like five more years. I, I'm trusting Ben Simmons as he, I, but everyone knows that I love Ben Simmons. But like I just happened to watch Ben Simmons and this Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris lineup really start clicking. And I'm starting to wonder if Joel Embiid is the Russell Westbrook of centers. The only difference being that I do not dislike watching Joel Embiid play as I used to dislike watching Russell Westbrook play and still do from time to time. So you're saying that the um, the long long twos uh, and uh, three-point shots shot at a clip of 30% uh, or somewhere around there are not to your disliking? I I like watching him play because of like the post moments are to me are greater than the Westbrook you know leaning layups that he throws hard off the backboard and gets bailed out with fouls like that's how like the that's the thing that I'll compare you know because Westbrook while being a very effective player obviously carrying a team in the regular season um, by himself was still like something to behold the the play style did not um, vibe well with me mm-hmm. whereas Joel Embiid like the the threes that he chucks like. They're, they're, it's not as um, grotesque to me. It, however, I think it is a problem, which is why I'm comparing him this way. Well, I I would say that out of all of these players here, 
I would expect Joel Embiid to be here the longest. Well, I mean, I agree with that. I'm just maybe I'm leaning to 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 the my GM mode too early. Yeah, probably. Um, Ben Simmons, next part of the core, um, because well, he's he's on that rookie scale and he's going to get that extension and he's probably going to sign it. That's um, great. He's a he's a very very good player who has made it one one bad decision in his life that's to shoot with his left hand, not his right hand. Looks way um, cooler though. Looks way cooler. However, my man, you can't shoot. So, ah, Ben Simmons, though, he's, you know, he, the, the, the problem here is like, I've mentioned two centers. I've mentioned two centers as part of their core. That's, that's the issue, right? I, like, that is the problem. The first top two players, like Joel Embiid is obviously positionally a center. Ben Simmons offensively, um, of course, he's a point guard, but he's also a center in where he can shoot the ball. And so this is the this is the, the, the curious situation of Philly because uh these are the two best players. Um and it's where, it's yeah. where we're that's the that's the quandary and wondering how effective these guys can be long term. Mm-hmm. And you know I just take the you know Ben Simmons I think makes players better, which is why I like him more. But it's not it's not that important. We don't have to figure out we don't have to break up the team right now. Not yet. <laughs> not Let's yet. wait. But it's just you know one of those things. I I needed to get the Joel Embiid and uh, Russell Westbrook are the same off my chest. Fair enough. Next on the core, I'm going to say like at least one of Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris. I probably should mention. I probably should say both of them because what the, what's probably going to happen is they're probably going to at least sign both of them to these long term contracts, and then if they don't want one, then maybe they'll move off of them. But at least one of those guys, you know, is going to be there for a, you know, a very long time. Yep. And Tobias is the one that I don't want to see leave. Yep. I want him to be, I want him as the, the best fit there. But uh, we'll get to the more to that in the MyGM mode. The next couple of guys I have as kind of the core, but we're kind of in a different category of core. It's like, hey, they've got some rookie scale deals and, um, uh Jordan Bolden I mean we I love him. To love him I love him uh it's been like ever since day one on this pod I guess probably day two because I wasn't on the first pod but uh my first moment on the pod I was talking up Jordan Bolden from the mm-hmm. get-go yeah Jordan Bolden was the uh, apple of the eye we talked about him in the lottery area of the draft along just, with just Simi we were, do- we were doing a mock draft and we needed to mention these guys and you know yep you know, all I can say, Richard, about that draft specifically is we've both like mentioned Jonah Bolden and Simi Ojale as guys we really like. Now, Simi Ojale is you know buried in yeah. the uh, rotation in Boston, but those guys ended up going back to back picks, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. in like 36, yeah, 36 and 37. Yep, and then Jordan Bell went 38. Like, what a what a little yeah. steal, like, section of the draft. Oh, I when, know. When a team like um, the Portland Trailblazers took Caleb Swan again, 26. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, we will forever rue the day. Well, that... I'm, like, you know, Portland fans will, you know, take the cheap out and say, oh, Kyle Kuzma was right there, which is fair. Like, you, you can say that. Josh Hart was later, but you have guards. It's it's those two guys specifically between Bolden and Simi Ojale who play the four five or three four for Ojale that mm-hmm. would have been really fun on a, a Portland team that doesn't have a lot of depth there. Just saying. 
Yep. Oh, man. Well, I'm done. I'm done with that. Fair now. enough. Zaire Smith. <laughs> Zaire Smith. Uh, we've not seen uh, any of him, but uh, we'll see. Maybe. Hopefully he comes back uh, at some point this season, just to like at the end of the regular season, just to get some minutes when they've already locked up the three seed and, and there's not real basketball for uh, a week or so. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, ho- hopefully he can become something that's helpful to that squad. According to Serena, I was gonna say, according to Serena Winters of NBC Sports mm-hmm. uh, Philadelphia, he's supposed to make a return this year. That was last updated February thirteenth. So yeah, I've been hearing rumors and things about it uh, on Twitter, and but you, I, I hope, I hope, I hope it happens because it's been a weird situation with him. Keep in mind, he'll only be twenty when he he'll be twenty. He'll be younger than twenty if he will be twenty if he makes his debut next year. Sorry, I couldn't say that. It's fine. Honestly, it's like he's we still we, a young player. If he wants to be involved in the uh, rookie of the year discussion, like other like past Sixers, he probably should wait though, right? Yeah. That so, means fair. Fair. Um, questionable. We've got to mention Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, just because we don't know for certain. Maybe Tobias, maybe Jimmy Butler decide, you know, this was great, but we got bounced in a round earlier than we wanted to maybe. And so let's let's get out of here. I know I'm getting a max from this other team. And maybe they take that route. So that's why they're in the questionable category for me. But uh the other ones are actually a little bit more questionable. Obviously, if those guys want to stick around, they'll stick around. Um, but and, and Philly will gladly offer the max, I believe. JJ Redick. He's interesting. He's interesting. Obviously, one of the best shooters in NBA history. Yep. Is one of the few guys that can like really you can just see his effect on the defense as he walk, like runs around the court like the, the entire defense bends towards him as he comes off screens. But here's the thing, Richard, having a career year. He's yeah. having a career year in terms Best of year. points. Yeah, not in terms of percentages. Who cares? You know what? It's fine. It's fine. You're right. I I'm gonna say this because I I do like JJ Redick. I. I'm not ready to take him, you know, to his, you know, end of his career. No. And I, I've seen some plays watching the Warriors game last night mm. and other games recently that he, his physicality, like he's, you know, he's not holding up as well as he has in the past to like, you know, being um, roughed up by some of these defenders, people sick on him. And he, he's, I mean, he's, he's getting better at flopping, which is always good. But I honestly think that's one of the reasons his percentage is down is because he's he's foul hunting more than shooting the ball anymore. So I don't know. I'm just kind of out on JJ Redick after watching oh watching him play recently. Ow. Goodness, like like out on him being like part of a big time postseason winner. That's where mm-hmm. that's where I'm out on not not out on him as a player overall, but out on him being the uh, a contributor for a championship level team. But Ethan, he's the fifth. He's the fifth guy. I'm just saying, I don't think this is the championship level team when the wow. Warriors still exist. Wow. Well, um, especially when the Warriors still exist as he, this this type of team. Here's a thing of note: uh, if they re-sign JJ Redick for one more year, then they'll have his bird rights, um, and it's it's good timing on all of that because that means that they can still offer him a reasonable sized um, uh, amount of money this year, and one where, where he'll probably accept it if they. If him and they want to continue uh, moving forward with this. And um, then they'll have his bird rights and then it won't matter anymore. So that's good. 
And so if they can get him, like, whatever he needs this year to get him to get sign up and then try to get him on, like, like a three-year $21 because he needs – he's going to have to get paid according to his production because it's going to – I'm predicting it's going to fall off a bit. Yeah. Um, Kyle Korver, just look at the age. Look at the age. It, he made an all-star team about this time of his career when he was playing for the Hawks and they everyone was slurping them. And then it kind of started falling off. Still a great shooter, but just really not effective at much else. The next one that's really interesting to me is TJ McConnell, um, because he has provided some real big impacts and big moments for this team. Uh, And he plays a lot of energy. The problem is that he's probably going to get a better contract offer from somebody else out there, right? You, 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 I'd, I'd assume that it's just a mistake, but they probably will. He's unrestricted. I mean, Chicago, right? We, we mentioned them as a team like, hey, just get get someone like this guy in there. He helps you know what you got, what you have in a roster. And um, I, I think that he'll get offered a contract big enough that with the Sixers worried about Tobias Harris, worried about Jane Butler, worried about making sure they keep Redick, that they might he might not be at the forefront of their plans and he might just bolt somewhere else for a contract. That's, you know, 20, 30% more than they want to spend. Right. Which I think ultimately is fine because I think he's very replaceable. I, I think especially with Jimmy Butler, if if you get both Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris back, you don't need a backup point guard to come in and just harass people, which is basically what he does. He's just annoying to play against is is his most valuable trait in my eyes. So I think if you, can find someone that can just do the same thing, you're good. You don't you don't need a ball handler. Like he's a good ball handler. He can hunt out a good mid-range shot mm-hmm. late in the shot clock, but he's not something I'm concerned about losing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just he's you can been find there. A- he's been he's been reliable. You know what you have with him. If you don't have him, then you gotta go f- try to find someone. If you do keep Jimmy Butler more so in particular. Um, then you know you don't have to worry about it as much because then you have another guy who can have the ball in his hands and kind of run run things. I I feel similarly about him as I do about Rodney Magruder in the Heat. Like he's a guy that you built from nothing, so you have an attachment to him. But ultimately, he's replaceable. And you, if if you're like a team that has shown that you can build a player like that, mm-hmm. you you can't stress about retaining them because you can you can do it again, which is like. Look at the Heat. They made the mistake with Tyler Johnson matching his offer sheet. Mm-hmm. If if TJ McConnell gets a big offer somewhere and the Sixers say we got to match it for nostalgia because we, we've invested in him, that's the mistake. Next one. Boban. You need to bring him back if you bring yeah, back Tobias yeah. Harris. I mean, whoever – like it needs to be written into the CBA somewhere uh, that wherever Tobias Harris goes, Boban Marjanovic needs to be there as well. Like that needs to just be an official CBA rule, so – yeah, that's fair. Um, and Boban, he's to the point where he's a he's a per god, but that's about it. He's a per god. So he's like, helpful. He's useful in the regular season if you want to limit Joel Embiid's minutes, and uh, you know if you need to take some load management times, you can just throw him out there against stinky teams, and you know at home because it'll be more exciting for your fans and they'll get excited. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's not anyone who is really. Postseason time, it's not. It's no, defensively, he doesn't have it. So it's yeah. Like I'm looking at that guy played for the Lakers, Zubak, and yeah. um, now he's with the Clippers. 
he's honestly pretty similar to Boban in terms of how he's effective in terms of offensively. Mm-hmm. But he's actually, you know, mobile enough to play defense. Like, if you're a team that's, like, looking at Boban as something, you need to, like, rotate your eyes over to Zubak and see about offering him something on the restricted market and see if you can get the Clippers to bulk bef- uh, before they uh, have yeah. a chance to sign their their big money guys. Because that's a guy who I think can actually do something with his size, and he's a little bit more mobile and defensively better. Yeah. Except you shouldn't do that if you're the six if you're the Sixers because you should be getting Boban. Oh, oh no, I'm not saying the Sixers should. I'm no, just saying yeah. if you're a team that's interested in Boban for whatever like offense and per god stuff he can do for you, mm-hmm. Zubac's the guy you need to be looking at. Actually, yeah. the next the last questionable is Mike Scott. He's had he's been a lot better since he g- has gotten to Philly. He's been playing um quite a bit better. He, in yesterday's game, he was hitting some big shots for them. Obviously, had the the bad foul near the end. Uh, but you know what? It's you know it is what it is. They still had an opportunity um, and, uh, to close it out. But Mike Scott, he's an interesting one. He would be someone who you know be a floor spacing kind of four four five ish for you. Um, I think up it, to three sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, if you get switched, it's fine. Um, I think that he's an interesting guy. If he can stay on, um, he might be someone who you say, you know what, if we're going to be in the tax, we're just going to keep him and have him be part of the system. I don't know. He's a good shooter. Like, ultimately, I think Jonah Bolden, when if Joel Embiid's healthy, should be eaten into more of Mike Scott's minutes because Joel Bolden's much better as a you know, switch defender and I think overall player. But Mike Scott is like no slouch. You know, he's I've I've often been a Mike Scott defender thinking he's like he's one of those guys that you can add to the margins, the eight, nine man on the rotation that he mm-hmm. is an effective player. Yep. You know, he's he spent a career with only really one season where he didn't play very much of not being a plus shooter for his position. And with that in mind, like that's that's someone you always need to add. The beautiful part about this Bad contracts. They don't have any. Yet. yet. Oh, we, we did it at the same time. We did it at the same time. They don't have any yet. Um, if they... I mean, here's the thing. The honest truth about this offseason is that they're probably going to extend the... the Mac, they're going to max out Tobias. They're going to max out Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, one, has the potential to get bad near the end, depending on how his body takes things. Tobias is young enough that you're probably going to be pretty safe with offering him that max as far as during what time of what time of his career that will fall underneath. Uh, but with both of these guys, when you offer him the max, neither one of those guys, there's only a select few guys who, when they have the max, they are actually worth the entire max and are actually providing you value upon that max contract. You know, some of the top guys in the league that we, that we know well, but with these guys, you offer them the max because you want them to stay there, but they're probably going to give you somewhere between 85 and 90% of the value of the max. So from a value perspective, they're, you know, it's it's not worth it. Does that make it a bad contract? And well, no, because because you have these guys, you become a legitimate contender each and every year, especially if the Warriors go down. So but with, yeah. With all that being said, Richard. I think Tobias Harris could be worth the max. This is a guy that we have seen a incredible amount of growth over his career. Fair. By by pure numbers, like raw output and Mm -hmm. percentages, this guy has turned himself into a max player. 
And, you know, some people would take that as a negative as like, well, you know, he, he wasn't supposed to be all this. And he's really like, like he's, he's, he's playing to his maximum already. How much better can he get? Mm-hmm. But like, there's still a lot, I think he can improve on like with his off the dribble game. Like he, he's already gotten to like a really good, like, you know, Paul Pierce style dribble into a mid range shot, which is not popular, but it's a good way to close out games. He's got the catch and shoot thing. He's, you know, he's playing off Ben Simmons. He's only going to get better looks can, like all in all. Like he's the kind of guy that I think, I think if you're going to give both maxes to both these guys, he's the guy who's way more likely to live up to it than Jimmy oh, Butler, yes. who I think, so. I think just his play style is being marginalized on a regular basis. Like not that many people are di- are dying for back down into a 15 foot turnaround, like, which is what his like probably most used jump shot is. Yeah, I, 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 so I agree with you that Tobias Harris is more likely to to reach that value than Jimmy Butler. But and I don't want to make a list right now because when you make lists, you're you're bound to forget people. But think about the people in the NBA right now who are making um making the max, who are actually providing value, more value to your squad than the max would. You know, it's like probably ten or ten to fifteen. It's and that's probably pushing it. And that's probably pushing it. And those guys are probably most likely number one or super duper duper over highly qualified, you know, number twos on their on their roster, right? So yeah. Tobias Harris isn't that. So if he's not that, it, can we really say that he that he will? Like, I think if if he plays to ninety percent of the of the max value, then you're winning. Like with with this contract, that's what I'm saying. But the comparison I want to make, and this guy's having a career year right now at age 28, uh, Paul George. Um, he's not as good a defender as Paul George and probably won't be. He's not as good an offensive player as Paul George is this individual season. But up until this point, he's been a better offensive player throughout his career than Paul George has. And he started a year younger. So what I'm saying is, like, there's a chance that Tobias Harris can evolve into, like, an elite 20 20- 25 or more games score when he's, you know, playing alongside a guy like Ben Simmons, who's going to put him in the best situation to succeed. I'm not ruling it out. I don't think he'll ever be the defensive stalwart that Paul George is. But if we're saying Paul George, I think is in that list of guys who is exceeding his value. Like there's no reason to expect that Tobias Harris couldn't be at his value. But Paul George is an MVP candidate. So we're right so now, we're... two years from now, maybe Tobias Harris is. Okay. I want, want you to say those words. Okay. Maybe fair enough. two years from now. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you know, if Kevin Durant is, is, you know, slipping down, if Paul George is, you know, staying the same, maybe Tobias Harris is one of those guys who just slips in there for a year. Mm-hmm. Fair. I, I suppose. Isaiah Thomas was an MVP candidate. Keep that in mind. To be fair usage. Um, considering that the team he's on, I don't think he's ever going to hit that, that usage percentage. Um, that it would require for yeah. like what Isaiah Thomas uh, did and yep. all that stuff. But you know what? If, if, uh, if, you know, you already mentioned how uh, Joel Embiid is the Russell Westbrook of, of centers, you know, if, if, Paul George, if Paul George could do it with uh, getting the conversation with Russell Westbrook, then, you know, perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps Tobias Harris. Can, I'm, I'm not as optimistic as you, but I do think he can provide some pretty reasonable, value uh but let's get to contracts we got to get to contracts we got to get to draft picks and there's a whole lot of draft picks to mention (laughs) goodness gracious thanks thanks sam thanks yeah thank you sam um but yeah the contract situations they've i mean 
these are kind of fake numbers here. 67 and a half million next year, 30, 34 million the year after 38 million after that and 33. Like those are fake numbers because the moment that the contracts drop, um, those numbers are going to skyrocket to well into the hundreds, like yeah. appro- probably approaching. I mean, I don't know, probably approaching, um, the mid hundreds, maybe even above that. I don't know. It, it's going to get pretty crazy up in here real soon in Philly. Uh, but as of yet, they're doing pretty good. I mean, having the money situation that they have allows them to be able to get to this point and do this. Mm-hmm. Draft picks. It should be. It, we need to note, Ethan. It needs to be said that there is a zero point five percent chance at Zion. Is Zion the player they take? I mean, I can you take another guy who can't shoot? Listen, it doesn't matter because even if you don't want him, you take him. I mean, can you tra- can you trade? Hold on, would bear with me here. Would Jimmy Butler and Zion Williamson, however long, because you know you gotta, would those two guys be enough for Anthony Davis? Just want to just want to ask that. Ooh, just, just want to say because. It, it's it's a real interesting idea, huh? Like how how in the world? Now you have three centers on your roster, but you know how in the world do you stop that? How, how how do you score on that? Is the better question. I, oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's point is you got a zero point five percent at something ridiculous happening. Let's yeah. just just really so just say it's what, not what we should root for, but it'd be an it'd be I would love to see how Elton Brand handles that situation. NBA Twitter would die for an entire week. Um, it would be like Elton Brand. You might need to just make sure that he was sitting down when the news broke. Uh, I don't. I mean, and Sam Hinkie would deserve a statue. Sam Hinkie would. <laughs> whew, he would deserve a statue of all statues. Brian Colangelo, the anti-statue of all statues. Um, but just wanted to wanted to make that known, listeners. There is a chance. Um, other incoming draft picks. We're going to try to fly through these as quickly as possible. A Chicago. Well, actually, we're going to slow down a little bit for these first few. Chicago, 2019, second round pick. That's going to be a good pick. Cleveland, 2019, second round pick. Also a good pick. Those are real nice. I just proud, proud, proud there. Um, Sacramento, 2019, second round pick. You thought it was going to be real nice, but it ends up being, you know, middling. Uh, but this also means that they have five draft picks in this draft. They could package some of those together to move around. Um, it's nice for this upcoming draft, Ethan. Smart idea. If this comes to this, you could maybe, if the Rockets don't make a move, you maybe say, hey, here's a bunch of second-round picks you can use. that we'll, we'll draft some players you need to get on those low-value deals. We'll take that first-round pick of yours next year once you're allowed to trade it because of the Stepien rule. But, I mean, it's just an idea. Like, if the Rockets need need roster spots, you got several in this draft. Yeah. I mean, if, you could also look at, at it and say, hey, Philly, uh, we're going to need some money to pay some people. Maybe it's maybe it's Philly's last pick in the second round, their own, that they say. Or you get the Sacramento one, which is kind of in the middle of the second round. You could say, hey – Give us all the money that you can trade this year for that second round pick. And, you know, because if you're Philly, you, yes, you have to fill up some roster spots, but you don't want to be filling it all of them up with, with a bunch of second round rookies. So um, I'm talking about the Rockets. I know. So what I'm saying is you can move off of some of those uh, picks, maybe send them to the Rockets. 
um, if you're if you're Philly. 2020 OKC first round pick. It is protected top 20, but just so you know, OKC is at the 23rd spot as of this year. We could expect that they would continue being pretty good. It becomes two seconds if it does not convey. Uh, 2020 second round pick from either Brooklyn or the Knicks, whichever is more favorable. Um, so if KD goes, then Brooklyn pick. If they don't, well, maybe the Knicks. Uh, Dallas 2020 second round pick. 2021 Denver first round pick. Uh, sorry, second round pick. Excuse me. 2021 New York Knicks second round pick and Toronto 2022 second round pick. Those are the picks that they have incoming, and it is real nice. Consolidate and hope you get a hope you hit the lottery. Fair enough. Uh, going out a 2020 first round pick. Now it is protected, uh, lottery protected. Although we would anticipate that Philadelphia is not going to be in the lottery. So that will probably convey. Um, so maybe package a lot of those second rounders that they have in 2020 for a first rounder so that they can have one. Well, who said that 20, 20 seconds ago? You did. I'm just, you know, emphasizing again. <laughs> 2021 second round pick swap. We have mentioned that already. That is with the Rockets, um, but the Rockets have the right to do so if they want to. And then they have a 2022 second round pick going away. All right. We've reached the MyGM mode, Ethan. I think we've covered a lot of it, though. We've covered a lot of it. So it's all about retaining Tobias for me. Jimmy Butler is fine. Um, I look at Jimmy Butler as Blake Griffin in this scenario. Is You bring him back. If it's working out, like if you make a deep run this year, obviously you found something that worked. You should probably try and stick with it. But Jimmy Butler, to me, replaceable. Maybe yeah. get a better catch-and-shoot guy. If you can find a guy who can catch and shoot and shoot threes, you know, because JJ Reddick can't really play defense. I said, I said the same thing. If you can find a guy who can shoot threes and play defense, that's where you need to find it. And JJ Reddick is missing that. That's why. But yeah, I don't know. JJ Reddick, you signed him for the bird rights. You've mentioned that here in your My GMO thing. It's just hard to find wings, Richard, that are going to take little money for both these teams that we've talked about today. Yeah. And, and the, the wings, the availability is really slim. I mean, it's it's not great, uh, especially at like what we would nominally consider the three, right? It's yeah. there's not a whole lot of those in particular, which the Houston Rockets really want. The um, you know, the Sixers could probably do with some twos, and there are there are some twos uh, available out there, but well, I forgot to mention him for the Rockets, but that's who I want him to go to. Uh, Mario Hazonia, I think, is a good gamble for him. them. Did I mention him? You okay, briefly well, mentioned him. You I didn't, for, yeah. I forgot that I mentioned him. He's someone I'd like to see go to the Rockets, but you could take a gamble on him here as well. Like you got enough personalities to kind of keep his ego in check, I think. And Noah Vonley, I think, is a great if you can get him for like, you know, maybe a, if I don't did, did you look if they had their biannual exception this year? Um, I did not look. I'll I'll I can but, look that up. But Noah Vonley makes so much sense to me here. You got Jonah Bolden, he's just a death piece. That Jonah Bolden, I think, makes more sense as a four. Like he's doing fine as a center, but he makes more sense as a four. I think Noah Vonley makes a lot of sense. He, he's a better – I think he's just as equally as good a player as Bobby. Um, just, you know, he's not the per god. He's a, more of a defensive player. But he, he's a guy at the, at the margin. If you can get him in at the minimum deal, kind of like what the Knicks have him at right now, I think he's like – he's a better death piece than Amir Johnson. I don't want Amir Johnson on this team anymore. Get that – 
get that corpse off the off the roster. So we should say that Philadelphia does have their biannual, well, will have their biannual exception because they were a team that was under the cap, um, and uh, since that was the case, they did not have any need for an exception. Okay. So uh, well, yeah, they'll have it. Noah Vonley is, if, especially if you're like, we're done with this Amir Johnson as our emergency big. I want Noah Vonley as the emergency big because he fits the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you've mentioned most of the things. I mean, you can, you're kind of taking talking points out of, out of what I have typed into the Google doc. Good. Uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you keep Jimmy Butler and if you know, you, you pull a Blake Griffin with, with that, if it's not working out, um, who though, like th- that, that's an interesting kind of question. Like who, who you trade him to, who wants him? If things have gone, if things have gone like kind of south though, like if, if he continues to be vocal in a way that you think, ah, I really want this guy making a max at his age coming on over. I don't know. Um, so it, it could get a little bit tricky. You just want to make sure that it becomes a Blake Griffin type of deal, not a Kevin love type of deal. Um, I know Kevin Love's playing pretty well since coming back from injury, but well, Seems pretty untradeable at the moment. I think it's fair to mention if if Jimmy Butler is not working out, there's teams that were interested in him last time around that you need to consider. And one of those teams would be Miami. Um, You might be able to get another young asset out of them. You could potentially get, you know, maybe Winslow and Drogic. Yeah. Jay Rich and Drogic. Like you're looking at an expiring deal in Drogic and assuming he um, opts into his player option and a young player that's going to fit perfectly with the core, which I think Winslow and Richardson would. I don't want that to happen. Let that be known, but there is, that's a potential deal. I think the Clippers are another team that were interested. They would have people that they could move. Gallinari on an expiring deal. You pair him with maybe Lou Williams. It's a lot to give up, but if you're getting Jimmy Butler for five years, if you whiffed on free agency, maybe that's the way you bring in your star. And so you, you consider that like there's definitely moves to be made out there. There's teams that are going to want Jimmy Butler who regardless of his effectiveness is going to still have that star player moniker around his, around him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, obviously you got to retain Boban. Um, take, you know, take care of him. You want to take to take care of him first because uh, you want to be operating at the moment. They'll be operating, I believe. Um, if they renounce some people, like if they're not going to bring back McConnell, you can renounce him and don't have to worry about cap holds and stuff. And so if you renounce enough people, you can renounce even Boban because, or just, just sign Boban, take care of his deals. Like, Hey, we'll bring you in for, I don't know, $3 million a year instead of the seven that you're getting right now. That way you can just get his, get his money a, a little bit lower. Uh, bring back Mike Scott. If you can at the current or a cheaper price, if you can't, Oh, well, goodbye. Um, uh, they do have a decision on uh, Jonathan Simmons because he has $5.7 million, but it's partially guaranteed. Only $1 million is guaranteed. So it's, is he worth that extra $4.7 million? Or could we find someone who at a cheaper deal than that, who will be able to give what he can give? Um, I'm not sure, uh, but that is, um, that is an option. Probably the more interesting aspect of that $5.7 million is if at some point, we need that because we're now operating as an over the tax team. Do we need that $5 million 
value contract to make a trade for someone who's actually useful. That's probably the more interesting part of his his money decision. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, you'll have the mid level exception guy, whoever that ends up being. Um, once you're the moment you're operating over the tax and uh, taxpayer mid level, which is going to be approximately around that value, but maybe you need to pair both of those guys in order to make something happen. I don't know. Yeah, bring um, Philly cheese home. Deion yeah. Waiters. <laughs> the joke. Um, what they should do with the draft picks, consolidate their four seconds that they have this year into a first. They can get a decent first if there's a guy that they like that they want to target. Otherwise, you know, uh, use their own first. Use uh, their two high second round picks that they're going to have and sell the last ones for who, whoever, you know, who knows what. Or maybe you just draft and do, stash. Do, do or, the inverse and, yeah, stash players with the, the back ones. Yeah. Um, so... But they got to be focusing their draft either on point guards or wings because you're probably not bringing McConnell back. You want to begin to find some of those guys, you know. Um, so that's the position that you're trying to use. Could fill up at least three, three roster spots. Um, but then their goal in free agency going to be to acquire a backup point guard and a bunch of cheap, cheap wings as well. So just whatever ends up being there, you go out there and you try to sign up. But yeah, you got to. You gotta hope that things go well in this in this playoff push, and that makes it easier to re-sign Tobias and Jimmy Butler. And maybe I don't know. Maybe uh, everything works out in Philly. The uh, the process works. Who knows? We'll see. You know, it's it's already been a success. The whole idea of tanking and stuff is to get yourself to the playoffs and be a consistent playoff playoff performer. Um, yeah. But let's be clear, the the tank job that Sam Hinkie executed and then was taken away from him is a different type of thing than you, some of the teams just being bad. You would like it to result in a championship, but if you're a consistent playoff performer, it worked. Yeah. But you're right, you want better. You know, Richard, it's not time yet. We've probably gone long enough. But We've gone long enough. There's some interesting point guards that are like currently listed in the second round. One out of Marquette, uh, Marcus Howard, good score, good shooter. I would like to, I wouldn't mind seeing him play for Philadelphia or the Pistons, hypothetically. Troy Pons, you mentioned him uh, at least to me. The Pistons. Okay, we quiet. We quiet. You mentioned him as as someone to target. Oh, I love Shamari Pons. Let's see. Yeah. Anyway. The I mean, hey, upcoming in it, it's in March, Ethan. We got the uh, the the tournament coming up soon. It's true. So we and may have to put a pause on the state of the franchise uh, for a little bit while this is going on, and uh-huh. maybe talk about some of the prospects and talk about some of those games that that have taken place or yeah. will take place. Credit to us, we've been we've been pumping them out pretty good. So we're we're we're, we're giving ourselves some space to you know do some other things other than just complete the series. Yep, to finagle and oh man, it'll be. It'll be a good time. It'll be a good a good time uh, when when that when the tournament hits. I'm looking. Ex- I'm excited for it. I've already scheduled a dentist appointment on um, Thursday of the the tournament, so I don't have to work that day. Did you know? I don't know if this is if this is a pod podcast, um, you know, approved material. But like, oh, you, I know where you're going with this. You know, going with this. Did, did, I mean, did, I guess you do know then. <laughs> yes, Jaron and Jacoby. I'm I'm a listener, buddy. Fair enough. So this is this is the time where uh, you know vasectomies become really really uh, common because you know you you have the procedure done and then you're 
sitting there for the entire first weekend of the Mar- of March March Madness, able to watch it and recover. If you're gonna do it, it's a heavy play. It's how, you, it's how you play it. Um, I think that's it, Ethan. I think that's about it. Yep, I've I've enjoyed these teams. It's just it's hard sometimes with teams that have like such an obvious like next step to know what other moves they should make. Yeah, but you know they they. It's all about shooting and defense. You got to find guys who can shoot threes and play defense. Hopefully both. Uh, is Elton Brand the uh, executive of the year? You know what? If it's, it's one of those things, it's hard to say until like you, you see if he retains both these guys. But, but you, yeah, I mean, you can't really because it's a it's a regular season award. So I know it's. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else who deserves it because obviously, if the Lakers were to be good, you give it to one of those guys. But they stink <laughs> out loud. <laughs> Oh, it's bad. It is bad. Um, um, yeah, I mean, probably it's probably got to be him, right? I, I think so. I mean, impressive. You, you can't make that many splash moves. Although I'm still mad at him for not getting Patrick Beverly in that Tobias deal. That's true. Um, honestly, like who would have thought coming into the year the you know GMless uh, 76ers would have the executive of the year coming from them? Really impressive job uh, done by. Him, I mean, I guess you could say you're probably not going to say it, um, be, you know, because because it's not going to result like what they've done is not going to result in tons of wins. But the Clippers also, I mean, they're getting all those draft picks and but, stuff like that. Uh, it's not usually executive of the year is given because of trades or free agent signings and not as much like uh, trades for draft picks and, and right. things of that nature. Um so yeah, Hinky wasn't rewarded for gathering assets. For exactly. But, I mean, obviously his looked his looked a lot worse than the uh, the the job that uh, Jerry West and um, what's Company. the guy Lawrence Frank Lawrence and Frank, all yeah. those guys have done out there in the Clipper land. Yeah. But to grab Landry Shamet and not have to give up another asset for him, like I was down on Shamet in the draft process, but that man like has shown that he could, I I knew he could shoot. I was worried about him being labeled a point guard, and mm-hmm. you know what? He doesn't have to be a point guard, which so that's all good. All right. We're done now, Ethan. All right. Goodbye, Richard. <laughs>